Two murdered mothers, two unsolved crimes. This is The Alibi, a special podcast investigation brought to you by the Sunday Telegraph. Four years ago, the Sunday Telegraph brought you The Alibi, a true crime podcast that reinvestigated the murders of two Sydney mothers, Denise Govinda, who was killed in 1998, and Eva Weeble in 1983. Both crimes bore remarkable similarities to each other. The women were both close friends, lived nearby, and each murder was made to look like a robbery. Both of the women were also in the midst of divorcing their husbands. Their husbands, George Weeble and Aaron Govinda, had been friends for almost 13 years by the time of the first murder. When George went on trial for Eva's death, his friend Aaron provided the crucial alibi evidence that secured a not-guilty verdict. The story might have ended there, except 13 years later... Aaron's wife was killed in almost identical circumstances. In 2015, just before the release of the podcast, I attempted to speak to both men, but I didn't get very far. Here's what happened when I approached Aaron Govinda. Aaron. Yes. Hello. My name's Yoni Bashan. I'm a reporter with the Sunday Telegraph. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Were you expecting me by any chance? No. I'm writing a story about your wife, Denise. Please don't. Come on, I'm writing a story Stella. about Denise's murder. Stella. I'd like to ask you a couple Stella. of questions if you're available. Just a couple of questions. But now, 36 years since Eva Weeble's death, her husband George has decided to speak for the first time. I sat down with George at a cafe earlier this week. Here's what he had to say. Do you think anyone out there knows more? I'm sure there must be. Do you want to do a, an appeal to them right now? Ask them to come forward with information? No. No. I, look, I don't want anybody to find me because I'm the type of person that I worry about the fact that if I start making waves, perhaps the bastard that did it finds me and then my life's in danger too. No, thank you. I'm sorry. Call me selfish if, if you like, but no. Were you devastated by the news of your wife's death? What bloody ass I was. I mean, look, okay. We got married, and that one stage of things that just didn't work out. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she was, she's still a human being, and she's the mother of my kids. Yeah, of course I was devastated. And the fact that I may not show it, I might not have showed it, that's, that's... Was she a good woman? How do you answer a thing like that? That's, that, that's a, a question like, how long is a piece of string? You, you, you can't. I mean, she was a good mother most of the time. And like I said, we just grew apart. I probably should have never gotten married. Why do you say that? I couldn't keep my hands off women. That's how I am. Could you tell me what happened four days before the murder? You received a visit, I believe it was from a solicitor, who was suggesting that you needed to start making maintenance payments to Eva and the kids. No, it wasn't a solicitor. It was one of these uh, guys that serve you papers. Like a clerk? Yeah. No, it wasn't from the court. He was a private investigator, I think he was. Yeah. Could you tell me about that? What that yeah, day was I'm like? I told him. I said, mate, how the hell? I'm working at the Hakoa Club as a doorman. I've got to pay rent here. I mean, I just can't pay it. How much are we talking about? 40 to 30 odd years ago. You expect me to remember? Please. I said this to the uh, to you the other day. You have a remarkable memory, clarity of the events of Look, the Look, there are things itself. that you remember. There are things that you don't. And the 
and seeing that there was no way on this God's earth that I could pay it, the sum that it was on it, I didn't even know that. Looking at it, really. You knew that it was more than you could afford? Yes. Was it astronomically more? Could not be astronomical. Significantly more? More. Were you upset that Eva was even asking for these payments at all? Was that the issue? Well, I wasn't pleased, put it that way. Is it not... Well, entertain me this. Was it not within her right to ask for child support? She was looking after the two kids. Uh, she well, was working as well. Yes. At the same token, she could have just rang me. And we gotta sit down and discuss it. Mm. You know, that that's that's what upset me the most. Now let, let me yeah. pivot and ask you about uh, Willie Joseph, your friend, acquaintance. Acquaintance, yeah. Willie Joseph gave evidence at your trial, fairly yes. fairly damning evidence. Willie Joseph yes. was uh, he had a criminal record among yeah. other things. Yeah. He, he did have a criminal record. Yes. He'd been deported from New Zealand to Australia. He no, was he was not that, a man. I didn't know. I didn't even know that. And I didn't I didn't know he had a criminal record. Look, we shared interests in mucking around with old cars. Right? Now he reckons that I uh, asked him to, to, to find a hit man. Right? Now I have a stupid question at this stage. How the bloody hell could I have afforded a thing like that? Yes, I mean they they don't come two dollars a week. I mean, without the fact that no, I didn't. But well, you know, yes? it's not inconceivable that a person could take out a personal loan or borrow money from another another source. Oh come on! I'm just providing you with a counter argument. <laughs> okay. I like your character. Well, I don't think your argument there is watertight. It's not to say that you're not telling the truth, obviously, mm -hmm. but arguing that you couldn't have been able to afford a hitman is the reason why you didn't hire a hitman is... I don't think that's a particularly strong argument. Um, regardless, Willie Joseph gave evidence at your trial. Yeah. He was, he, you know, even if he was just an acquaintance of yours, did you, how did you feel about that evidence when you heard that? I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'm flabbergasted. He gave some very specific evidence about yes. how you alleged you yes. wanted the job done. Yes. For example, his testimony included the allegation that you had asked him to A, conduct the hit, mm -hmm. B, that a key would be left in the door for him on the day of the yeah. murder, which is indeed what happened. Yes. Whoever entered Eva's property had done so with no force at all because there was a key left in the door. Yes, but uh, do you know... Who left, who left it? And I, I couldn't have left the key there because I wasn't living there. But you know who left the key there? One of the kids left the key in the door on the in the door on the outside. And I tell you, all of the excuse me, had nightmares for months. I'd wake up screaming, "I killed mummy! I killed mummy!" Did he ever offer you a reason why he left the key in the door? Was that just a matter of habit for him to do something? He's a kid. Just the fact that he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a boy. But, uh, it wasn't the first time, and it wouldn't, probably wouldn't have been the last time. Actually, I never really wanted him to have a key, because uh, he left it in the door once years, a few years back. And after that, I didn't want this. But then, you see, Karen, my daughter had a key, and he would have been bitching like hell that, oh, she's got it, I haven't got it. What did you do after the trial? You were a free man, you were found not guilty. Yeah. 
how did, how did you I back it up from Sydney, mate. Because of the experience itself. Yes. I just didn't want look, I didn't want to have anything to do with the place, with, with, with Sydney, with anything. I just wanted to get away with it. Get away from it. One of the key pieces of evidence that would have helped the jury arrive at their conclusion, which they did so very quickly, an hour and Less 14 than an minutes. Hour and a quarter, yeah. One of the key pieces of evidence working in your favour was the evidence of Aaron Govinda, mm. who whose wife would die in the most identical circumstances 15 years later. Yeah, well. Uh, did you owe a debt of gratitude at all to, to Aaron? No, why? Well, he, he essentially freed you. He essentially yeah, got you off. Look, he didn't lie. He said the truth. The kids went to school together. The kids played together. We were in the same lines. But, but in other words, he was a very close friend of yours. Yeah, the whole the two families were close friends. You know? Do you think in your case there was a motive? Not really. There, there was a financial motive, wasn't there? Look, we had the house, which was worth, at that time, was worth about $70,000, with still a, a, a $20,000 mortgage on it. Would you really call that massive? $50,000? Seriously. I mean, look, if the property was worth a million and I had another two or three big properties worth fair amounts of money, who knows? I mean, not my style, but who knows? But the whole thing was worth $50,000. In that case, let me ask you another question. Yeah. Fifteen years after your wife died, her very good friend, Denise Govinda, died in almost identical circumstances. And? Is that not unusual to you at all? Look, I can't even comment on it. I mean, look, it's okay, same circumstances. But I wasn't even in the country. Nobody seems to worry about it, take note of the fact that I was in Europe at the time. I was. I'm just asking you to comment yeah. on the circumstances. I'm not suggesting for a second that you were involved. Look. The circumstances itself, near identical murders, two women with no known enemies, their husbands, very close friends, the women themselves, close friends. Yeah. Well, what are the odds? I don't know. I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't gamble. I don't gamble and I, and I don't try to find odds. It's happened. I don't know why it's happened, I don't know why the first one's happened, I don't know why the second one's happened, I don't know who did it, and I just want to get on with my life. As simple as that. Look, I, I honestly can't see how I can be interested in this bloody case. Was Aaron a good husband to Denny? Look, as my father, and my father was a wise man, son, whatever problems you may have, keep it behind closed doors and make sure that nobody knows about it. And that, that's another thing that with my case, everyone was flabbergasted because we never used to argue, we never used to fight. And as far as I know, Aaron never fought with his wife either. I can't understand it. I can't understand it my case either but I just cannot understand it
and I'm funny like that. If I can't understand something, well, back it. I just ignore it, hoping like hell it goes away. And I thought it did go away until I found your thing. Aren't you glad that someone's looking into your wife's murder? Even if it is just a journalist? Look, the case will never be solved. Why not? Because the coppers arrested me. They had me on the, the, the rails for two years or thereabouts. And after that, bloody thing has been so cold it's not even bloody. And there's just no way that they'll find anything. Well... That was part of my interview with George Weibel, and you can listen to earlier episodes of The Alibi on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, and read more stories about the unsolved murders of Eva Weibel and Denise Govinda at dailytelegraph.com.au and the Sunday Telegraph. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.